Good afternoon to everyone in Facebook land. This is Bill Allen from West Irwin Church of Christ. And no, this wasn't an April Fool's joke. I really am having my 3 p.m. Central Daylight Time study at 1 o'clock p.m. Central Daylight Time. Somewhere I can hear Jimmy Buffett singing that it's 3 o'clock somewhere. Okay, well, maybe that's not a very good reference, but you get what I mean. I have a conflict a little bit later on, so we're doing this a little bit early. The good news is the way Facebook works, if you're just now showing up and it's a little after three o'clock and you're thinking, what in the world happened? You'll be able to find this video just very easily just by scrolling down. So I hope that this is something that you will be able to uh, find and see well enough and hopefully everyone will be able to uh, take part in it. Uh, nice to see that uh, uh, we have the technology today to be able to do uh, great things, uh, far greater than a lot of folks, a lot of us would have imagined even just a, a few short years ago. Those of us that have been around the block a few times in this life, uh, we especially are amazed by what, um, what we have at our fingertips uh, today. So I'm grateful that you're joining in. If you're watching live, then thank you. <laughs> Glad that you uh, uh, logged on and logged in and, 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 and are taking part. If you're watching on uh, recorded video, then that's great too. Uh, glad to have you and uh, we'll be back to our regular three o'clock schedule as far as I know uh, next week on Tuesday and Thursday. These lessons on Colossians have about two more weeks. As you know, Colossians only has four chapters and we're already into chapter four. And so I believe that we have a couple of more weeks of lessons uh, in Colossians before we finish up. And so um, that will be uh, coming up. <clears throat> but today we're following up on a lesson that we began uh, last Tuesday. And uh, this past Tuesday, we spoke from this great passage in Colossians 3. We've been in Colossians 3 a lot because it talks so much about our daily lives. And uh, the key verse in Colossians, I think, is Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Therefore, in everything that you say and in everything that you do, uh, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so everything we say and everything we do is done to honor Christ. It's done as an act of worship. It's done, as we're talking about in our Roman series on Sunday mornings, it's done because we are living sacrifices. That means we live for Jesus. As Paul said in Philippians 1, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And we experience that on a daily basis, living for Christ. I am crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's Galatians 2 verse 20. And so how does this apply to my everyday lives? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, hello to my friends, Cindy and Eric, and to others that are joining in. Uh, live and to all of you who are joining in perhaps a little bit uh, more in a recorded fashion than you're typically used to. I appreciate the flexibility. Um, so as we think about that verse, um, everything we say, everything we do, done to honor Jesus Christ with gratitude in our hearts, uh, praising God our Father uh, through our Savior. Uh, what does that have to do with how we live every day. Well, everything <laughs> has everything to do with that. And what does that have to do with my job? 
it has to do everything with your job. You say, well, Bill, I'm not a preacher. Well, uh, that doesn't matter. In this case, that doesn't matter because we are all called to be living sacrifices and we are all called to honor Jesus Christ in everything that we say and in everything that we do. And a, a good bit of our lives is uh, are taken up at work, <laughs> whatever that work, whatever that job might be. And so we don't get uh, to compartmentalize our job, as we said on Tuesday, and 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 feel like we don't have to follow Jesus there. We don't have to live in a way that honors Christ there because that's our job. Well, no, there's nothing in Scripture that says that. In fact, everything in Scripture says the opposite, including that verse we just read, Colossians 3, verse 17, and the passage that we're on in Colossians 3, uh, verse 22 through chapter 4, verse 1. Again, as we read these words, um, they're in the context of, of uh, first century slavery in the Roman Empire. And so we get how abhorrent that is. Uh, and I, I dealt more with that on this past Tuesday. So look at that lesson if you if you didn't catch that. And, and so I'm not going to talk about uh, the horrible tragedy and sinfulness of slavery. But what I do want to do is to take advantage of looking at this particular passage and applying it to our everyday careers, to our everyday jobs, uh, to uh, not masters and slaves, uh, but to employers and employees, to business owners and workers, to managers, supervisors, and those who are uh, insubordinate, uh, those who are subordinate to all of those. So hear these words in Colossians 3, beginning at verse 22. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. And so when we're doing our jobs, we're not just being good employees when the boss is watching. <laughs> and we're not just treating our employees fairly because we're afraid that we might get in trouble if we don't. We do those things because it's right. We do those things because of our faith. We do those things because of our Christian service uh, to God. In a similar way, Romans 13 talks about our being citizens. And I've been working on that sermon this week, even though I'm still over a week away from presenting it. But that's what Paul says in Romans 13. Look, we obey the law of the land, not just to avoid punishment. Uh, that's how the world sees it. That's the only reason the world sees it. But we do it because it's right. We do it because of conscience. Well, we're good employees and we're good employers. Uh, we're good business owners and supervisors and managers and workers because um, of conscience sake, because uh, that's what God wants us to do in our everyday lives um, with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Uh, that verse 22 ends with. So we do this not out of reverence to our bosses or our job, but out of reverence to the Lord and from a sincere heart. And note uh, Colossians 3, verse 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. We work at it with all of our might. We do it honestly with integrity and with great effort. Why? Because our our Lord is Jesus Christ because he is our ultimate master and he is the one that we are ultimately seeking to please, not just our earthly supervisors or bosses or laws or employees. We are considerate of all of those things, 
But ultimately, as uh, verse 24 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. And, and verse 24 reminds us that even though we may not get paid a fair salary here, even though we may not receive the appreciation and the commendation in this life, we know that the Lord will take note of all of those things. And then at the end of verse 24, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Remember that whatever your job is, it is Jesus Christ that you're serving. He is your Lord. And so you find fulfillment in, in performing well on the job uh, or in your home or whatever it is that you do every day. We perform well there. We work wholeheartedly at that. We, we do that because we're serving the Lord. Um, anyone, verse 25, who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs and there is no favoritism. So even if we don't get that vindication and justice and fair treatment in this life, we do know that the Lord will one day make things right. We may not see it, may not ever happen while we're on the job, um, but we know that the Lord knows and that he will take note. And then chapter four uh, talks to those on the other end of that. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. So everything that he just said about slaves or servants, he says to masters as well, same thing, we're serving the Lord. It's our Lord God that we serve. It's Jesus Christ who is our ultimate master. And so whatever our jobs are and whatever role we have, whether we're the business owner or we're, whether we're the, the lowest uh, paid employee in the firm or in the business, um, we do that. Uh, we do that wholeheartedly and we do that because we are serving the Lord. So why do you do what you do? That's the question. Why do you do what you do? And I, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Scripture certainly tells us in First and Second Thessalonians not to be idle, but to, but to work, to be willing to put out effort and, and work at our jobs uh, so that we can have an income. And I think from a biblical perspective, it's so that we can provide for ourselves and our families, but so that we can also provide for others in need. From the earliest times in the Old Testament law to the gospels, uh, the prophets, the letters, as we're seeing in Colossians, that's been God's plan, that we work and we provide ourselves a living, and then we also are there to help each other. From the earliest moments of the church in Acts chapter 2, as we have said, they helped each other. <laughs> they collected funds for each other. Um, and I think that that is significant. Your work and your purpose, not just in, in, in church, but even in your job or in your home, they're a part of your purpose in life. So our question today is not just what is your purpose in your job, but it's what is God's purpose in your life? Because your role as a worker, as a business owner, as a boss, a supervisor, as an employee, whatever it might be, your job is to give God glory in what you do in every aspect of your life, to be a living sacrifice. So that in everything that you do, whether in word or deed, it is done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ with gratitude in your hearts to God through your Savior. That's Colossians 3, verse 17, and Romans 12, verse 1, and Galatians 2, verse 20, and all those others. And so a word about purpose. What's your purpose in life? What's your story? We talked about meta-narrative earlier in this study, and I shared my story. Well, what's your story, and what's God's purpose in your life? Because a part of that purpose involves your job. 
A part of that purpose involves what you spend the majority of your day doing, whether it's away from home at work, whether it's at home managing the household and the family, whether it's working from home, uh, whatever it might be. What's the purpose behind your job? Jesus understood his purpose. In Matthew 20, he said it was to seek and to save that which was lost, to serve rather than to be served. In Luke 19, verse 10, as he was interacting with Zacchaeus, he said the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. In John 3, he says, I didn't come to judge the world, that day will come, but he said, I came to save the world, and that's what he did on the cross. And in John chapter 10, verse 10, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Um, Jesus expressed our purpose in the Great Commission. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, um, going into all the world, making disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, continuing to teach them the things that Jesus has taught us. Uh, Acts 1, verse 8, being his witnesses, starting right where we are in our immediate area and then in the surrounding areas and then to the very ends of the world. Um, uh, to, to remember that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And we're to see that expressed in our lives, living by faith, as 2 Corinthians 5 says. Uh, my own uh, personal mission statement back there on that blue shield from Colossians 1, verses 28 and 29, we proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we might present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy which so powerfully works in me. You may have a different mission statement, but that is truly what we are all to be about. And those words in 1 Peter chapter 3 that says, look, live your life in such a way that people may one day ask you why you live it that way. Why do you live with such peace? Why do you live with such faith? Why do you live with such joy in the midst of a world that seems so cynical and so selfish and so uncaring? Why do you care so much? Why are you so selfless? And it says, be ready to answer when they ask that question for the hope that you have in your life. Great passage in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. And we only have to turn to the first part of Colossians 3, as we've been talking about, setting our minds and our hearts on things above, on things that are eternal, on things that are spiritual, not the things that come and go and then are gone. So how are you doing what you're doing? Why are you doing it? You should be doing it to honor God, to glorify Christ, to continue his mission and his purpose in your life and in his world. Um, remember, Colossians 3 tells us it is the Lord Christ you are serving. He is the one that you're serving. It's not, um, it's not just your boss. It's not just your board of directors. It's not just the law of the land or the bottom line or whatever it is. All of those things we, we, have, uh, we have on our minds, of course. But ultimately for the Christian, Paul tells the Colossians and he tells us it is the Lord Christ you are serving. And that is that means it's the Lord Christ that you serve in your home. It's the Lord Christ that you serve on the job. Why are you doing what you do? Well, some answers. I want to provide for myself and my family. And that's true. Uh, I want to be able to help others. 
and that is also true. Very biblical theology of work and of producing uh, income. Uh, why are you doing what you do? You may say, well, I'm good at what I do. Um, I enjoy what I do. And those things are good. In fact, as you're considering uh, either a career, a job, or if you're considering a ministry to be involved in at church, those are some of the questions you ask. What do I enjoy? What, what am I passionate about? What am I gifted to do? Those things, I think, are questions that you ask as you consider what you do with your life, what you do for a living and how you spend every day in your work-a-day, day-by-day world, whatever that might be. Um, I'm doing this ultimately in the name of Jesus Christ because I want to honor God. And so again, Colossians 3.17, everything that we say, everything that we do, including our job, including our work, including our career, including our everyday life, Everything relates back to our purpose, and that purpose is to honor God through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is what Milton Jones calls relational thinking in his book on Colossians, Christ, No More, No Less. There's relational thinking and there's terminal thinking. Relational thinking is the process of relating activities and knowledge to a specific objective. Terminal thinking is the process whereby our activities and knowledge are ends within themselves. And let me tell you, your job, your daily life is not an end in itself. It is a part of your purpose in serving Jesus Christ, whatever that might be. And so think relationally. Think of how that relates to the mission of God in the world. You say, Bill, I'm not, my work doesn't have anything to do with uh, the church or with ministry or anything like that. That's okay. There are still people around you. There are still tasks that you're doing that can honor God, that can bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ through what you do and the people you interact with. Um, Milton Jones writes, many think I can't do much for the Lord with my job. If only I had another type of occupation, then I could serve the Lord. And yes, there are times in our lives when it may be time to look for something other than what we're doing right now, or a different job or even a different career. But let's talk about the job you have right now. Again, quoting from Milton Jones, it is not the particular occupation that makes a job holy. It is whether you relate your job to your purpose, your ultimate purpose. Most of the time as a Christian, it is not what you do or don't do. It is not that you are with this person as opposed to another. It is whether your actions relate to your heavenly purpose, whoever you're with and whatever you do. It all depends on whether you relate your situation to your purpose. Rather than thinking you can't fulfill God's purpose in your life in this spot, that's probably not true. A few times in your life, maybe it is, but almost all the time that's not true. Almost all the time God has put us where he wants us to help accomplish his purpose in our lives. We had a wonderful friend in North Carolina who gave Joyce a, a little commemorative um, uh, 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 plaque or something that that had the statement on there that she shared with us on a regular basis and it meant so much to us. And that is simply this, bloom where you're planted. Bloom where you're planted. Don't, don't think that you can't bloom for God until you're planted somewhere else. He wants you to bloom for him every day. He wants you to be his aroma as 2 Corinthians 4 talks about, the aroma of Christ. He wants you to be that wherever you are right now. And maybe someday that will change and you'll have something else to do for his glory. But 
Honor him now. Remember, do your work wholeheartedly for the Lord now because it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Um, this is how Christians in today's world uh, see that authenticity that they're looking for. When they see you living faithfully and 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 providing um, the light to the world, as Jesus said that we are the light of the world, even when it's in a job that is difficult or, or mundane or um, even if it's not, when they see us working at it with all of our hearts wholeheartedly because we're serving the Lord and not just this current situation, uh, it will have an impact. It's taking advantage of what James Dobson called years ago, teachable moments, not only with our kids, but with our coworkers, our fellow students, if you're in school, our extended family, our neighbors, our friends, being willing to see that God has a calling in our lives right now where we are, whatever we do and, uh, and wherever that is. Um, it is living an authentic life that speaks genuinely about the love of God and the gospel of Christ in natural everyday settings. And it speaks that without words first, through a faithful and ethical and considerate, respectful, loving life. But then it's also willing to follow that up with words that point to Jesus Christ for the hope that we have. Um, Milton Jones again writes, Jesus didn't have to create a school. His school was wherever he found himself. He related everything in his life to his purpose of seeking and saving the lost. It didn't matter where he went because he preached everywhere he was. I love that. If there is one needed factor to reach people today, it is authenticity. If faith cannot be lived in natural settings and in real world situations, Christians will be quickly sized up as phonies. Wow, that's a strong statement. People want to see authenticity in your everyday life, not just when you're at church, not just when you're around someone that's watching, maybe a supervisor or uh, uh, someone that is uh, concerned about uh, how you're living, but, but when you, integrity, the definition of integrity I learned long ago is how you act when no one will know. How do you act? How do you work? What kind of worker are you when no one will know? For a Christian, we know that God always sees and always knows, and we want to live every second to please him and to honor him. Authentic Christianity will be faith that is expressed in everything we say and in everything we do. Whether it is our message or our action, it will relate to Christ. Uh, and we point people to Jesus. And so as we close off this part of our study, um, the question is this, so what are you? If I were to ask you, what do you do for a living or what are you? what would you say? And let's say I am a blank. What would you put in that blank? I am a student. I am a teacher, accountant, plumber, homemaker, retail salesperson, office worker, restaurant worker, administrator, manager, business owner, doctor, nurse, physical therapist, administrative assistant, executive, preacher, whatever it is. I am a blank. What do you put in that blank? And whatever that is, here's really what you are. I am a blank for Christ. Because that's a biblical theology of work. Whatever you're doing, you know 
that you're doing it for Christ. You're doing it to honor him. You're doing it to accomplish his purpose in you at this moment, whatever that is. I am a worker for Christ. Even on the job, even in the home, every moment, every day. Whatever you are, you are that for Christ. God bless. Have a wonderful, wonderful Easter weekend.